Many of you listening today find yourself in that crazy busy time of life, raising toddlers. It's that endless flow of diapers, trying to get the kids to sleep properly, picky eating, piles of laundry, their boundless energy, so on and so forth. The question is, how do you even begin to create time and energy for your marriage in this stage of life? The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have a reassuring podcast for you this week. This is episode number 135, and today we're going to be giving you the essential advice you need in order to make sure your marriage survives and even thrives through the toddler stage. Hey there, before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed two things you really need to think about before you end your marriage. It's worth going back and checking out. And also make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. For those of you that, I was just going to add here, for those of you that are new to the podcast, for Linda and I are on a road trip this year. And Mm -hmm. we're recording this from Maine, our last stop before we head back into Canada. Mm -hmm. And it's raining. It's raining. In Maine. Raining in Maine in spring. Mm -hmm. But if you, was I taking your line again? Yeah, I'm getting used to it. You just go ahead. No, you go ahead. You got this. (laughs) If you're struggling with this stage in your marriage, we have sound research-based advice about surviving the toddler years. Yes, And I do think for Linda, a large number of our listeners find themselves in this stage of life. I mean, this topic is a request from a listener yes, from one of our patrons. So thank you for requesting that. And it makes sense that you're tuning into the Marriage Podcast for Smart People because you know that the strain that this stage can impose on marriage is significant. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you're being proactive about it. You're acknowledging, you're talking about it. Mm -hmm. And it's worth going through this as just understanding, you know, this is a pretty common scenario so that you understand that your reality is normal and common and you know that you're not alone. I think just knowing that is a help as well, right? Yeah. Because everybody, when you see them, looks so put together. Yeah. And this can either go, you know, be called the toddler stage or the sandwich stage of life. Because the sandwich stage of life just has the addition that you may also be caring for parents as well as caring for young children. And, you know, that varies from couple to couple. Yeah. We went through this when we were a little bit younger. So we didn't have the aging parents thing at that point in time. Yeah. But many people in this stage uh, can be as, you know, as far along as in their mid-40s, both working full-time. There can be two young children at home, also caring for two aging parents, possibly. And associated with that, there can be activities like shopping, transportation, housekeeping, and even money management. For their parents. Yeah. Okay. And typically... As well as all their own. As well as all their own. And typically, folks in this circumstance are spending one working day a week, bringing things or helping with the parents. And the wife is usually spending a couple more hours per week than the husband in this role. Now... It's not 100% overlap in demographics with sort of the pure young toddler stage where you just have that going on. Mm -hmm. Because for many of us, grandparents in that age are often more able. But I think some of the experiences are very similar between these two stages because as kids become more independent, it's not unusual for parents to become more dependent. And so you may not be dealing with aging parents today, but the point is that you have some very dependent people. Yes. That's what this is about. Babies, toddlers. And so you have the challenges 
below to face. And the challenges that that we're talking about are what couples usually experience in this stage. And they are things like greater instances of depressive symptoms in both husband and wife. That's normal. Mm -hmm. Greater conflict between work and home life. Mm, okay. There can be higher rates of, of feeling the sense of burnout. Yep. And there can be a decreased ability to save financially. Even you're starting to think maybe about your kid's college fund, but there's just so many expenses going on. There can be difficulty finding time for yourself or spending time with your spouse. And it can be hard to maintain a social life due to have mm -hmm. like you're constantly on call for your kids and yeah. maybe for your parents as well, right? Yeah, true enough. So many couples in this stage feel like they're caught in a tug of war with their time and their energy is being pulled in all directions at once. And often parents find that their own health suffers, like just in terms of getting enough sleep and time mm -hmm, to take care of mm -hmm. yourself. And you end up putting your parents or your child's needs before your own. Oh, Caleb, I have an anecdotal thing here. I was uh, talking to this one young mom and uh, she said, oh, you know, I used to like be so critical of moms that, you know, couldn't even paint their toenails. Like how long does it take to paint your toenails? I have no says, idea. Now <laughs> That's good. And she said, now that I have my kids of my own, like if I actually get a shower yeah. in a day, I'm like so proud of myself. Yeah. So like if you're not in this stage, it's you totally to forget what it's like. It's just so demanding stuff going on all the time. And if you're not there, it's like somebody's burning the house down somewhere, right? Yeah. So you have to be around and paying attention. and Yeah. But I think one of the points is that busy doesn't mean that your marriage is doomed. And I, this right. is this is a key right. point here. So we're going to talk about some specific coping strategies in a minute, but I wanted to stop and address the busy part of this because I think busy is probably the main symptom. Yep, I agree. First of all, make sure you check out episode 114 as well. You can get that at oyf.link slash 114. That's our podcast. And in that episode, we specifically look at the question, is it possible to have a hectic life and a happy marriage? Right. And quick answer is yes. But what, what you need <laughs> so to know... bother listening because you just told you. <laughs> well, go find out why and how, right? What you need to know is that just because your marriage is busy and you don't have as much time for each other, it doesn't mean your marriage is doomed. Right. And I just say that because it's very easy to get into the place of seeing yourselves not having enough time for each other. And you start to give meaning to that lack of time. Mm -hmm. And the meaning is not actually valid. For example, you, have, you actually have less and less time. So you start to interpret that, maybe you're the wife, you start to interpret that as your husband isn't caring. Mm -hmm. he, he doesn't care anymore. Right. And, or you're the husband and you think, you know, your wife is always tired and exhausted. And so you start to internalize the belief that she isn't interested in you sexually anymore. Okay. You're not attractive. You know, these okay. are, you start to draw these conclusions or whatever. And the reality is what is actually happening is that this is just a busy phase of life. It's exhausting. Yes. And there's no extra time for anything. That's the problem. Right. So we can personalize and start to wonder about a marriage and then you reinforce the belief by looking at these other things, right? Because oh. what happens is when these destructive beliefs start to form, confirmation bias can kick in and then your brain is starting to gather evidence to confirm the belief. And I think sometimes it's good to just stop and give our heads a shake and say, no, this is normal. Mm -hmm. This is how this stage of life goes. I don't need to take our distance personally or see it as rejection. It's just about busyness. Right. And we need to do this together. Right. We still care for each other deeply. We have a common mission. We're in this together. It's just a phase. It's just a phase where it's much harder to experience the same kind of connection that we've had in the past. Right. But I think it's important to have a conversation about this. Like actually verbalize it and yes. say this. Out loud. Like I still care about you. We're still committed. Yeah. And I still find you attractive. I am just so stinking tired. Right. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Is that? 
Yeah, for sure. You have to talk about it. So even if we, even if this was just kind of a light bulb for you listening to this, because you're in the hectic and you haven't had Mm -hmm. time to stop and think, you know, share the light bulb moment with your spouse. Right. Right. And that conversation then becomes a great preface for beginning to work on deliberate coping strategies that you can do together. Okay. So now, now that you know, this is on the table and this is what's going on, you know what you need to work on, right? It's, it's maybe not, uh, how should I put this? But sometimes when you know what's wrong, you can figure out how to fix it. Right. Exactly. That's how I wanted to put it. (laughs) So to help you with this next part, we have created a detailed bonus guide for our much appreciated supporters. It is seven pages long. Uh, It steps you through the scheduling, prioritizing and planning as a couple so that you can find as much time for each other as possible. Make sure you're sharing the workload fairly and striving for common goals. And it's very practical. Okay. Can I just stop for a second? Yeah. Okay. As a young mom with, you know, however many kids running around and I'm so exhausted. Seven pages sounds a little bit overwhelming. Okay. So it's not going to take you three weeks to work through this thing. Actually, most of each page is like a table where you can just scratch stuff down. Okay. So it's not like okay. even seven pages of reading. So this isn't like going to take major brain power. No, to if sit you can find and... a quiet evening where you have put the kids down, you can get an hour or 45 minutes with your spouse. It's all you need. Okay. It's just to, to have the conversation, to sketch some stuff out and make sure that you guys are, are navigating your way through this as successfully as you can. Okay. And so we'll just take a quick 60 second break to tell you more about how you can become a patron of our podcast because this is available to our patrons and you will receive this bonus guide as a patron. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were just talking about keeping your perspective in perspective. Ooh. In this very busy stage yep. of life. So let's talk about coping strategies now, Verlinda, because we mentioned we were going to get there. Okay. Coping strategies for the toddler stage. A study from 2008 sent surveys to 309 couples in this phase of life, and they found that there were two main coping strategies, or three actually main coping strategies, and two of them were helpful, mm-hmm. and one was not. Okay. So the helpful ones. First of all, seeking emotional support. And this can be mm-hmm. from friends. It can also be from parents. The study shows that even while you care for parents on a practical level, if you're in that phase, the most well-adjusted couples were still able to receive emotional and sometimes financial support as well from their parents. On the other hand, if your parents are, you know, if, if they're able to provide, provide child care, take advantage of it and don't feel weak because you need to ask for help. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of moms don't reach out for help because... Like uh, on the outside, on social media, all the other moms have it all together. That's the image that gets portrayed. That's the image that gets portrayed. So that's what you see. So it's really hard to say like, I need help. Right. 
Um, I can ask for that. Yeah. And you know what? Even a bunch of the moms in our community at home, we've talked about, you know, getting together and spring cleaning each other's houses so that we don't have to do it all our own. But who wants to be the first one to say, please come and help me clean my house? Right. And, and so we've never started. Before they get there. And yeah. not do it before you start. Yeah, because yeah. you don't actually want people to see how dirty your house got. Yeah, is. so it's hard to ask for help. It is hard to ask for help. So what's your solution? But I think going back to like perspective, what we were talking about before is like, this is normal. It doesn't mean you're a bad person or you're a deficient person. No, or that you're weak. It just means you can't this is do it all. an overloading stage of life. Yeah. So realize the stage you're in. Right. And it's about the stage. Yeah. Not about some flaw in you. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, right. we can move on. We got that sorted. Mm-hmm. So seek emotional support. Yep. It's very helpful. Second is prioritize tasks. So staying organized as much as you can and sharing duties between spouses. If you can adjust work schedules, I mean, this is kind of thinking out of the box a little bit now, mm-hmm. where possible, or take advantage of benefits from your workplace to help with this phase of life. It's a great idea. It might be worth considering your short-term, your mid-term options in terms of career even to position yourself for this phase of life. Mm, like I know ahead. some, yeah, some moms and dads will like coordinate shift work or that kind of thing. So they can, they're both with the kids, but able to do things that, you know, provide sanity, provides financial support, whatever okay, the, the okay. kind of needs are to balance that out. So just be willing to be creative. Right. And even, you know, would it make sense to take a lower paying job with greater benefits or a job closer to home so that you have less of a commute during this time? This might be for husbands. Okay. And maybe you, you both agree that this is what you're going to do right now for this phase of life. So being willing to prioritize Mm -hmm. the bigger picture Mm -hmm. and the smaller picture, like the the micro tasks of day to day, plus the larger sort of strategic, you know, what's my job, what's my commute, all that kind of stuff, making that all work together. Yeah. The unhelpful coping mechanism that often occurs was social withdrawal. So it's really easy to get entirely wrapped up in the demands of the stage of life. Mm -hmm. And then when you finally have free time just to collapse on the couch (laughs) and veg, right? (laughs) Try and survive. Guilty as charged, right? (laughs) Yeah. We all need downtime. But if you find yourself devoid of interactions with friends and your wider family circle, then this social withdrawal is likely to become an unhelpful coping strategy. Hmm. Because remember, the first helpful one was seeking emotional support, right? Right. So this counteracts that. Yeah. So this is a time to appreciate your support network and not become isolated from it. So just kind of take a moment to check in with yourself on that. See if there's an adjustment there that would be helpful. Hmm. Um, The same study also suggested a number of other good ideas that couples can use. One, making time for each other and for themselves. And this, I think the key word there is making time because you are never going to find the time. No, you have to be intentional. Yeah. And so one thing that Verlin and I, we we had the toddler stage when I was in school doing my master's for part of it, right? Yeah. And there was one night where I would do- You had a night class. Internship. Or something, yeah, I think. in the evening. But I always knew that I was done at seven and you would have the kids down in bed and mm-hmm. I would come home, say goodnight to them, do our little nighttime routine. And then I would have picked up sushi or on something the on the way home. And after that was done, then we like, we lit the candle, we made the pot of tea and we had our sushi. Yeah, that was our date night. Yeah. And that good was just times. a- Yeah. So there's good memories, right? So even in the midst of the insanity, we found a way to be quiet. And then that was kind of an immediate strategy, but the long-term strategy that we also coupled with that, that was valuable to us, which, you know, not every family has to do, but we wanted to, was we taught our kids that when they go to bed, they stay in bed. Right. So we did have that time. Right. And that facilitated this other opportunity. Yes. 
So making time for each other, for yourselves. The second option, obtaining practical support with caregiving. If there's anything from your workplace support or other family or family members, right? Mm-hmm. And we had, we spent the very first section of our toddler raising away mm-hmm. from family, family. right? Yeah. Living in Saskatchewan, but we had sort of surrogate grandmothers that yeah, would come like in. Yeah, like a grandma across surely. the road. Yeah. Yes. Or even in Burnaby, Anne was close by or other families that could give us a little break for a date night every now and then. Right. And that was much appreciated. Or even like it can be something as simple as like going grocery shopping on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is sanity time, Caleb. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. Speaking from a a woman's perspective. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like put the kids down for a nap. Get the granny across the road to sit there. It would probably make her day to get your kids out of bed and have a cuddle. Yeah. You know, if they wake up or. Yeah. People are willing to right. help. Yeah, I maybe think. that's the yeah. Maybe you know, you because get them maybe some their purpose. grandkids live far away and they don't get to see their grandkids. Right. So think so of it as doing them a favor too. Yeah, excellent. I'm, I'm sure that's not a favor, but you know what I mean. Yep. Another strategy: having a job with a higher degree of flexibility. Maybe ask your consider asking your boss about that. Mm-hmm, Actively mm-hmm. seeking emotional support from friends, coworkers, family. Consider joining a formal support group. Like, is there a mums and tots in your area? Oh, um, yeah. We already mentioned reevaluating priorities. Consider cutting down on some activities, and this is part of our, our worksheet too. And I think this could be a big one: is just recognizing that you can't do everything that you were doing before, right? And add toddlers into the mix on top of it, right? Yeah. And one thing that we didn't do, which was an interesting thought, was plan ahead and be prepared for emergencies. Yeah, so we didn't do that. Yeah, having a little go bag for I don't know if you had to rush to the hospital or if. If you do have aged parents to care for and you know that's a possibility, you might have to bail on them. Just have a little plan in place so that when it happens... A number you can call so they can come and sit with You don't have to freak out. You know or... who can come over and you have someone on that's standby. Good. Yep. That's good. And then maintain a sense of humor. <laughs> and I think this is important. Uh-huh. Maybe hard to find when you're in it, but if you can find ways to laugh your way through some of these things. Yeah. Good. Oh, Caleb, I just had a story come to mind and I can't remember it all, but it was so good. It was like, oh... Her kids had got into the, I think it was like the diaper rash cream or something, and they had smeared it all over the walls, all over everything. And so she phoned her mother-in-law and just burst into tears, like, please come and help me. Come keep the kids so I don't kill them while I clean up. And I can't remember what all it was. But, you know, sometimes at times like that, you just have to laugh too. Right. Because otherwise you're going to dissolve. Oh, but you know, I'm almost crying thinking about this mom now. Like... You're not doing very good making it funny. No, I'm not. The sense of humor <laughs> thing is not here at all. But I just, I'm just going back to those times when, yeah. I don't know. When it's just like off the charts crazy and what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. Like sometimes you can do nothing but laugh. Yeah. Or cry. Yeah. But sorry, I totally hijacked your point. So the sense of humor is very important though. <laughs> <laughs> or just go have a good cry with Verlinda. She's, so she's always good for that. <laughs> Okay. And then a few other ideas to think in here, particularly on the marriage side. One is supporting, finding support from your spouse. Mm-hmm. And a study from 2015 noted that being intentional and deliberate about looking after each other and making time for each other, that this is a coping strategy used by well-adjusted couples. Okay. So again, this researcher conducted in-depth interviews with people in this stage of life. And one specific quote from a woman who cared for her parents and children said, we are very good at saying, what could I do to make your day better Mm -hmm. to each other? You're really good at asking me, what do you need me to do right now? Right. Like when you can see I'm on my crazy... When you walk in. So, and and I think that's a good one for husbands. If you're listening to this and you 
like your wife is at home and you're in that more kind of traditional situation saying, walking in and just being ready to say, what do you need me to do right now? So find mm-hmm. a way to come home from work with some energy left over and then offer that to your spouse. Yes. Because I don't think it matters which one is at home. Either way. Either way. Like it's exhausting. Yeah. And then finding positives in the role. So the majority of mothers were able to find joy in their caregiving roles some way. Again, this researcher noted this. Joy in becoming closer to children during this stage. Mm -hmm. And even like if this is a caregiving situation for parents as well, the same thing there. Mm -hmm. But in feeling needed and valued, you know, there can be meaning in that, right? Seeing it as a learning experience, like figuring out how to do this toddler thing. Seeing the growth in your children as a result of your care, like just kind of mm-hmm. staying in touch mm-hmm. almost with that little higher perspective outside of the the day of di- diaper changing. Like, you know, how yeah. much better is your kid doing with their alphabet than they were 12 months ago or whatever Yeah, you might be at, right? Or I managed to like change his diaper and he didn't pee on me today. Yes. Right. But do you know what? I think it doesn't say this here, but you know, in all my wisdom, share these little positive things with your spouse. Right. Like it's something, it's another little connection because they're going to be just as excited. They're their kids too. Yes. Yeah. Right. And Unless they don't get excited. It's kind of drawing ever. together on the purpose and the busyness. <laughs> <laughs> we'll ignore that passive aggressive comment. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then faith matters as well. So this builds on our previous point, but speaking from the research side, like existential theory suggests that finding meaning, shh, finding meaning in the care you're giving. <laughs> oh, she's mad now. I'll, I'll keep going. Finding meaning in the care you're giving and seeing it as significant and meaningful helps to prevent burnout. Even if you are okay. working long hours in difficult circumstances, that's what it means. Existential, like at the outside? No, existential is just about finding the purpose in something in the moment. Oh. Right? Okay. So. Right. You have toddlers, right? And what you're doing, like you might just be changing a diaper. That's the behavior we're observing. Mm-hmm. But you're every day, you're shaping character and. To launch and and creating development and nurturing growth, those kinds of things, right? Right, right. And and a bond between you. That connection, connection. so that they don't have... You're shaping their ability issues. to relate to others when they grow uh, older. Like yes. these things are happening as you, in the way that you change the diaper. <clears throat> okay. No, like if it's, if you're showing care and attention or if you're communicating to the child that you're disgusted by them. Oh, right? I see. You're shaping okay. personality, yes. changing a diaper even. Right. Okay. And so you, there's meaning in this, right? And, and as you're, you know, in, in terms of your faith now, you're seeing yourself as a parent and a God-given role. And, you know, this is part of how, like, I'm, I'm influencing the kingdom of God in this world, even by shaping this one little personality that's going to grow up to be an adult and is going to have some mm. kind of an impact on the world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and on their spouse and on their children, God willing. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like stepping back and seeing the big picture and yes. the purpose in it all. Yes. Hmm, cool. So, you know, theory aside, just seeing the challenges of life as having purpose and not just being an unfortunate cataclysm of events. It's going to help you be more at peace with the reality of your current stage and your current circumstances. Mm-hmm. So you got all this activity going on, raising your children, but seeing that activity as more than just semi-organized chaos, seeing it as like investment into the well-being and development of your children. Mm-hmm. Even taking the perspective that God is also invested in this process and is blessing the stage of life. That's going to shift your whole perspective on things. Mm-hmm. And so praying your way through this reliance on God, faith in him, asking him for help is going to help you create and maintain a healthy perspective going through these things. That's good. So, because we all need to know that God is at work and he's interested and he's involved in the raising of our families. Right. We're not just like an isolated little. You're not on your own. Yeah. So there you have it. Make sure you become a patron today. Pick up the bonus guide for this episode. 
You'll also get access to the dozens of other guides and bonus worksheets we've created to help you build a thriving, passionate marriage. And you are supporting the work that we do to help us help marriages through our podcast. Mm-hmm. So we have two new patrons this week or since the previous recording. Yes. <laughs> Jennifer and Craig, thank you so much. And thank you for all of our supporters. Yes. Like sometimes I just go back and read the names. Do you? I do. Why? Do you ever do that? Well, just because I'm very thankful for them, maybe. Huh. Yeah. No, I go through the list. And just like, wow, these people, these people care enough about marriages to actually support them. Right. Yeah. And care right. about their own marriage enough to want to build it into something better. Yeah. And we couldn't do this without your help. We mean that. So we appreciate it very much. Mm-hmm. Remember, if you have the opportunity to leave us a review on iTunes, we'd love to hear specifically how the Marriage Podcast for Smart People is impacting your marriage. And that's not just for us. When other couples hear that you have moved the dial on your marriage using the content that we create, mm-hmm. it gives them a boost of hope for their marriage as well. Right. That's good. So next week, we're talking about how to work out the division of labor in your marriage. Hmm. Household work. I won't be available for that episode. <laughs> I'll be in the garage. It's a subject that we all struggle with from time to time, and I think it'll be good to cover it. Amen. Verlin is very much looking forward to it. (laughs) Well, that is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 135. Find out how you can help. Go to oyf.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Verlinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.